0: 12 rounds is a long time to stay on your feet. It feels like a lifetime, but you've trained, you've conditioned, you've put in the work, you've sacrificed, and you pushed. You've taken some hard hits, and you've thrown a few of your own. You've been against the ropes, and you've fought your way out. But eventually, you get knocked down, and you feel like throwing in the towel, and the 10 count starts. One, two, but with twelve rounds, there's still time for a comeback. Well, if you have your Bibles or electronic devices, you can either click to turn to turn to uh, Genesis chapter forty one. Uh, verses, actually verse 41 all the way through 57 is is, is where we're going to journey this morning in, in our time together. And, and we've been in the series, we've been looking at, at Joseph's life, we've entitled the series The Comeback, uh, because Joseph made, made a comeback. Uh, Joseph was raised in a dysfunctional family, he was raised in a family that had some issues, and, and Joseph lived his life in such a way that he overcame his dysfunctional family, he overcame an imperfect family. And Joseph was able to do everything that God had called him to do, and so that brings you and I a lot of encouragement because 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 of that we know that guess what we can we can overcome our past we can overcome a dysfunctional family and we can still do what God has called us to do, and so this, this morning I I, I want to talk to you about well t- fact is the title of the message is a heart of a champion. I want to talk to you about the heart of Joseph and some of the things about Joseph that, that we can pull out of these scriptures and, and, and encourage us this day. And, and, um, and so it's going to be a little bit of a long intro, and at the, it, it, towards the end of the message, we'll, we'll look at three keys of the way that Joseph honored God all the way through his life. Joseph was one of those guys that honored God all the way through his life, whether it was the celebrations of life or whether it was the difficulties of life, whether it was adversity in life, whether it it was, was feast or famine. I mean, when you look at Joseph's life, Joseph honored God in every season of his life. And you can look at Joseph's life and think, well, maybe it was because he was an optimistic person, but I... I think when you dig down deep into his life, you realize that, yeah, he may have been optimistic, but that optimism came from such a deep faith in God. I mean, I mean, Joseph was this man, when you just read the scriptures, you realize that, that Joseph trusted so much in the sovereignty of God, that God was in control of his life, that even when Joseph went through bad times, Joseph says, God must mean this for my good, for my building up or for my development. I mean, Joseph handled adversity and prosperity totally different than any of the Old Testament characters. There's so much of Joseph's life that I I just admire about him, that he was faithful to God in all seasons of his life. All the way through the story in Genesis about Joseph, it just said continually over and over that that he was faithful to the Lord. He was faithful to the Lord. And the other phrase that you can pick up is this, is that it says the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. Joseph was this guy that walked with the Lord in every season of life. Thomas Carlyle is a man that said this. I'll quote him. He said, adversity is hard on a man. But for every one man who can stand prosperity, there is a hundred who can stand adversity. In other words, what Carlyle was trying to bring out and what he was trying to say is that, that many times, if we're not careful, the celebrations of life, prosperity of life, if we're not careful, can, can be our destruction. In other words, in those seasons of life, that, that we can come to the place that, that, that we get distracted. And the Bible is full, especially the Old Testament. The Bible is full of, of one man right after another that, that did so well in adversity, but then struggled when, when, when prosperity came. You, you can look at King Saul's ministry. King Saul, when he was anointed king, he was so shy, he was, he, he, was, he was at that place in his life that he didn't even want to come out publicly in front of the people. Fact is, he just wanted to hide. Yet years later, when prosperity and success set in, King Saul became, became arrogant and self-indulgent. He, he, he tried to uh, try to, to assassinate or kill his successor, King, king David even though he knew that King David was being appointed by the Lord. You can look at King David's life. King David, early in his political career and early in his reign, I mean, he had a heart tender to God. He had a heart directed to God. The fact is, the scripture says that David was a man after God's own heart. Yet later in his life, when success and prosperity came, all of a sudden he, he, he strayed and he committed adultery. And then he, then, he, then he had a man murdered and he tried to cover it up and thinking that he could get away from it. And then you, you look at Solomon, you look at Solomon's reign. I mean, when Solomon began his political career, if you will, God met with him. And God says, what is one request? What is, what is one prayer that I can answer for you? And Solomon was like so, he was so humble at that point in his life. He said, well, you know, Lord, here's what I want. Just give me wisdom. All I need from you is just ability to hear from you. Just give me wisdom to rightly guide, govern your people. And God answered that prayer, but later on in his success, King Solomon, and he, he became foolish and he became indulgent. Fact is, if, if you life journal with us, we've been life journaling through King Solomon's life. Um, Friday, my, my verse actually was, I'll just read it to you in life journaling, 1 Kings eleven four. Here's what this, the scripture says. It says, for when Solomon was old, his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God. I mean, even after if God had come to him on more than one occasion and warned him, and Solomon continued to stray, I don't know what it is about adversity. Well, I think I do know what it is about adversity is sometimes in, in adversity is when is when God has our attention. But if we're not careful in, in prosperity or when things are going our way, that if we're not careful, our, our priorities can change. If we're not careful, we, we can we can start drifting. I... I see this in so many. I see this in so many areas. Right. Uh, fact is, in one area that I see it in my life is like in the area of of, of exercise. Um, when I when I have back pain, and I have back pain a lot, when I start having back pain, then all of a sudden I get serious about exercise again. Right, and then once my back starts feeling well, you know what? No more exercise for me. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just, I mean, it is only there to get me out of trouble. And usually I've caused it. Usually I've done something, I've done something too much. Uh, Saturday morning I, I was, I, I did, I did a, a, a memorial service at 11 o'clock at, um, at Big Lizard. Uh, it's, it's a crazy story. The family doesn't go to our church. Someone that we've, Karen and I have ministered to outside of our church and and so I had to do this memorial. Well, 9 o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning, I went to grab something, and something happened in my back, and I mean, I, I fell to the floor. I mean, I fell to the floor, and I, I only could get on all fours, so I crawled into, like, the guest bed, bedroom, because I felt like maybe the couch, you know, could, I mean, the, the bed could help me get up, and I got my face in, 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 in the bedspread, and all of a sudden, you know, Karen walks in, and she goes, Wow. She goes. Are you really stressed about this funeral? And you're praying. I go. Yeah. This is where I pray. <laughs> but there's something. And so you know what? The exercise routine starts on Monday, right? I mean, because you know what? You, it, there's some, There is something. There is something about this issue that that sometimes when things are going well for us, we lose that that discipline. We lose that discipline if we're not careful. I mean, I, when we started the church early uh, in our history, it was our first year. Uh, we, barely had, we barely had 100 people going to our church at that time. We had a family in our church that they were from Pueblo. They knew I was a Texan and had to experienced the state fair. And they said, so you understand Pueblo, you've got to experience the state fair. So they invited us with their family. Their kids were about our kid's age. Uh, we go to the state fair with them. And, and, wow, that was an experience. I mean, we, we went on, like, the free night. You know you know that night, free right, uh free night, and then half price for, for the rides, in other words, they're just, we're the, like the guinea pigs, just making sure it's safe for everybody else, and it was that night, and so the place is like packed, and so uh, we had ridden a bunch of rides, and, and all of a sudden, it got to like that time when it seemed like everybody needed to go to the bathroom, but like Jeremy and I, and Jeremy was our friend's first grader, um, and so I, I changed the name to protect the innocent, and so so Jeremy uh, didn't need to go to the restroom, I didn't need to go to the restroom, and so Jeremy's mom said, well, Charlie, will, will you simply watch Jeremy as we go to the restroom. And so I said, Hey, no problem. And so uh, they go into the restroom and you know, when you, when you struggle with being distracted easily and ADD stay fair is not for you. Right. <laughs> and so I, I'm sitting out with Jeremy and I, I mean, I, 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 my head is on a swivel. I cannot believe all that I'm seeing and everything that's walking by. And, and so all of a sudden Jeremy's mom comes out and says, where's Jeremy? I'm like, Jeremy's gone. I don't know. And I, <laughs> I do not know. And so she was panicked. I was panicked. We were all panicked. And all of a sudden we had like this Jeremy search that everything changed. And, and we just started searching for Jeremy. And can I just tell you, in my defense, I found Jeremy. He was in Lost and Found. Uh, I bought him a snow cone. Should have bought his mom a snow cone uh, and got Jeremy back. And so there's something about this issue that it seems to me that a lot of times in, in, when things are going our way, When things are going well, that if we're not careful, we can can no longer seek him like we once did. We no longer had those disciplines like like we once did. And J. J. Oswald Sanders says this. He says, not everyone can carry a full cup. And so there's plenty of evidence in Scripture. Not everybody can walk and keep their equilibrium with a full cup. And so I cannot think of a better person for us to look at than Joseph. Joseph was able, it didn't matter the seasons of his life, whether it was adversity or, or, or prosperity, whether it was feast, whether it was famine, whether it was difficult circumstances, whether it was challenging circumstances, it was it great circumstances. You just see this about Joseph's life. The Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. And Joseph stayed faithful to the Lord. Now, we pick up the story when Pharaoh, Joseph is still in the pit. Joseph is still in prison. Remember the week before, if you were here last week, that he interpreted a dream for the cupbearer. And he told the cupbearer, just simply remember me when you're with Pharaoh. Well, the cupbearer forgot about Joseph. And so two years had had elapsed at this time. Joseph is still in prison. Pharaoh has two dreams. And they were two troubling dreams that that rocked his world. The first dream was very vivid and very real to Pharaoh. And the first dream was simply this. He he saw in his dream, he saw seven fat, sleek, uh, well-nourished cows. And then he saw seven... Malnutrition, skinny cows, and then the, 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 the well nourished, the fat cows devoured the, the skinny cows, and all that he was left with was these thin, malnourished cows. Right after that, another dream. This other dream, this time, it, it, it was corn, it, it, it was grain, and he saw seven ears of corn or seven stalks of grain, and in those seven stalks, the, the produce was, was wonderful. I mean, it was full, it was a great harvest. But then he saw seven other stalks, and, and, and that harvest was, was like thin. Uh, they had been beaten up by the wind from the east is what the dream said. Uh, there was a drought as a result of that. And then the seven healthy ears of corn, and then you had the seven malnutritioned or, or, or drought-ridden ears of corn. And then all of a sudden, the good corn was destroyed by the thin corn, and what he was left with was these, this, thin, this thin produce or harvest. And so Pharaoh goes to all of his advisors. He calls into the Oval Office. He calls his advisors. He calls everybody that had this ability to interpret dreams and, and say what it means. And nobody of his day could figure out what it meant. And so as they're talking, Pharaoh's frustrated and says, well, isn't there anybody in the land can, like, interpret this dream for me? Because I, I think it's, it's a word to us. I, I, I think it's a warning to us. And then all of a sudden, the cupbearer, the cupbearer remembers and says, you know what, there's this guy, Joseph. Two years ago, King uh, Pharaoh, I was in prison with this guy. And two years ago, this guy interpreted my dream. He not only interpreted my dream, but he he, he interpreted the wine taster's dream too. And both listen, both of them came true. And I think maybe this man has a this man has a has a has a spiritual gift. And so so Pharaoh says, Well we'll, we'll call for him. Get him up here. And so for Joseph, that day in the pit, that day in prison. Started off, like, started off like any other day. It started off like any other day. He did not know this day he was going to get out. He did not know this day his circumstances were going to change. I mean, he woke up that morning, no advance warning, no hope of getting out. For him, it just seemed like just another day in the, in, in the pit. And all of a sudden, the warden comes out, comes up and says, Joseph, you, you've been summoned. Pharaoh wants to, Pharaoh wants to talk to you. And all of a sudden, things begin to change. And that's where we pick up the story, Genesis chapter 41, verse 14. And so here's what the Scripture says, verse 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. This is just so important. You never know when the day is going to come that your circumstances are going to change for the better. When God is going to lift you out. When God is going to change your circumstances, that's why it's so important to stay faithful to him. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. Now, this had been two years. Remember, this has been two years since he interpreted the dream to, to the cupbearer. Joseph thought he was going to be in there forever. He thought he was probably forgotten, verse 15. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you, when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. In other words, picture this. Joseph is at the age of 30 about this time in his life. Uh, Joseph is a slave. He, 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 he's a prisoner. And now all of a sudden, he, he, was, he, was, he was in the pit. Now he's in the palace. I mean, it's an amazing transition. And, and, um, and I want you to notice something in the Scripture. Some, sometimes in Scripture, something that isn't said is just as important as something that is said or something that isn't said is just as important for us to notice. Now listen, remember this story. Joseph, two years prior to this, had interpreted a dream for the cupbearer. The cupbearer gets out because of Joseph. I mean, Joseph, the way he interpreted the dream, and so Joseph blessed the cupbearer greatly, and Joseph tells the cupbearer, whatever you do, remember me, just whatever you, when you get in front of Pharaoh, just tell him who I am, just remember me, and now two years later, obviously the cupbearer forgot him, two years later, Joseph is standing there with Pharaoh, his advisors, the cupbearer, and then all of a sudden, Pharaoh asks him to to interpret the dream, and and you don't, hear, you don't hear Joseph simply saying, Pharaoh, before I interpret this dream, I need to tell you about this cupbearer guy. He's the most forgetful, ungrateful person I've ever met. He's a bum. And if you're trusting his life, your life to him, if you're trusting him to protect you, I just want you to know that he's, you're trusting a bum. Fact is, when you look at Joseph's life, amazing, the hurt, the disappointment, the betrayal that Joseph went through. If you look at Joseph's life, you cannot find a shred of evidence where there's any bitterness in his life fact is, you can take it and you can look at it for yourself. I've done it many times. From Joseph from the age of 30 all the way to to the age of 110, you cannot find one time when Joseph spoke a resentful word against his brothers who caused this whole mess, who sold him into slavery, who got rid of him. You cannot find where he, he, he shared a resentful word about his dad that was overindulgent and all of those other things. You cannot find any evidence that he shared anything resentful or any bitterness against Pharaoh's wife who falsely accused him of rape and, 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 and sent him into this mess as well. You cannot find any shred of evidence where, where Joseph even spoke ill or any bitterness towards the cupbearer who forgot him. I mean, jo- Joseph had this remarkable dis- disposition. He had this remarkable place of trust in God, trust in him above everything else. He understood that, you know what, if I'm going through this set of circumstances, I must be going through this for a reason, and it is for my good. A mentor of mine who, who, who meant a great deal to me, and uh, he passed away last year, Do- Dr. John Bazzano. Uh, we affectionately called him Brother John, and, and so he mentored me through the years, and and one of the last conversations I had with Brother John is, is we were just talking about ministry, and he was talking about some people that had hurt him and betrayed him and some of the difficult things that he went through in ministry. And so I says, well, well Brother John, can I ask you, how, how did you ever deal with that? And he said, oh, it's just, it's just, so, it's just easy. He said it's, it, he said it's not easy. It was painful. Uh, but he said, he said, I developed this principle early in my life, and the principle is simply this. If they can live with it, I can live without it. If they can live with what they said, if they can live with what they did, then guess what? I can live without it because I don't trust them. I trust the Lord. I don't trust my circumstances. I trust the Lord. Joseph was this type of guy. Verse 16. Verse 16. So Joseph answered Pharaoh, it, it is not in me. In other words, all of a sudden you see, you see humility in his life. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. In other words, Joseph never promoted himself. He, he, he could have said, this is my chance. And... And, uh, and he could have, he could have, he could have ported everything to him, but Joseph, even in his place, he's still giving God credit for what God's doing in his life. And so Pharaoh told him his dreams. Um, and, and Joseph looked at him and says, well, well, here's the answer. Both of your dreams are the same thing. Here's the answer to your dreams. Uh, the, 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 the fat cows and the skinny cows, the, the, the great produce of the seven stalks of grain and the, and the bad pro- uh, harvest of the, of the seven s- stalks of grain that were thin and, and beaten up because of the wind and because of a drought, both those dreams mean the same thing. If Pharaoh, you're going to go through a time of seven years of booming economy. I mean, the economy is going to be rocking. It's going to take off. And you're going to go through seven years of a booming economy. And then, Pharaoh, i got to tell you, those other seven years, are going to be difficult. I mean, it is going to be a recession like no other recession. I mean, people are going to struggle to find jobs. They're going to struggle to make their house payments. They're going to struggle to put food on the table. And he said, so you're going to go through seven years of great years, and then you're going to go through seven years of a recession, seven years of difficult years. And so if I may say this, he says, the way you handle that is going is to mean everything. See, Joseph had the spiritual gift of administration. And so Joseph said, so here, here's what I'd, I would do. In other words, Joseph started giving him some recommendations. And so he said, here's what I would do if I was you from this dream. In the seven years of plenty, in the seven years when the, when the, when the market is like, like cranking and all that other stuff, then you just simply have the people give one-fifth of their grain to the government. And as a result of that, the government should store up the grain. And then when they go through the recession, then all the government does is redistribute and give that out so that people can put food on the, food on the table. F- people, after the, 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 after the, uh, the drought, they, they have grain to, to replant and, 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 and all of those other things. And, so, and then, then he goes on and he says, verse 33, he says, Now therefore let Pharaoh select a discerning wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Now listen, I, I don't think for a second Joseph was saying, I'm the man. I don't think for a second that Joseph was saying, you know what, I, I'm this guy. I don't think he was recommending himself because I, I, don't think, I don't think Joseph thought he even had a shot at that job. I mean, after all, it was Pharaoh, Pharaoh's wife. The man he's talking to is the Pharaoh's wife that falsely accused him of, of rape and got him thrown into prison. It was Pharaoh that put him into prison. Uh, he was, this, this, this is part of the story that is so, so miraculous. We don't even have time to talk about uh, this, this morning. Pharaoh, uh, Joseph was a Hebrew. He's, he's, he's in Egypt. He should have never been qualified. He should have never gotten this job. But guess what? God wanted him in that position. And God worked everything. Uh, For his good and for Egypt's good. And so Joseph is a Hebrew. So Joseph didn't expect at all that because of his prison record, because of his past, because he's a Hebrew. I don't think for a moment Joseph thought he had a shot at the job. I, I do think that Joseph was hoping that if he made a great recommendation, then Pharaoh would simply release him and say, you don't have to go back to the pit. You don't have to go to prison. You can go back to your home. And so verse 37, this proposal pleased Pharaoh and all of his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, "Can we find a man like this in whom is the spirit of God?" In other words, Joseph. Joseph, Joseph is a God follower. He's in a godless nation. He's in a godless world. He's a Hebrew. Um, he's known to be a God follower. But but something about his actions, the people that he worked with, the people that he his life with, the people that he was in prison with, they recognize God's hand is on you. God's spirit is on you. There is something different about you. Do do people around you that you work with, you go to school with, you're in the neighborhood with, do they see something different about your life that they they did Joseph's life? And so all of a sudden, Pharaoh offers Joseph like this number two position in Egypt. Watch this, verse, verse, verse 39. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne, I will be greater than you. In other words, he offered him, he gave him the number two position in Egypt. Pharaoh was the number one position. Uh, This is the number two, this is the most powerful position in Egypt, and actually was the most powerful position in the world at that time, because Egypt was the most powerful nation. And Joseph goes goes from, in one day, Joseph goes from the pit to, like, like, the palace. I mean, Joseph has spent, listen, Joseph spent 13 years in, in slavery, miserable conditions. And It all had prepared him for this moment. And now, all of a sudden, he has the second most powerful position in, in the world. 19 years from the time that God gave Joseph the dream until it was fulfilled. And of those 19 years, most of it was hard years. Most effective is 13 years in miserable conditions. Here's the amazing thing about Joseph: Joseph stayed faithful to God, even when there wasn't a shred of evidence in his circumstances. Joseph stayed faithful to God. Joseph's faithfulness wasn't determined by his circumstances, wasn't determined by what he was walking through. Joseph stayed faithful to God. Joseph continued as a Hebrew, continued to proclaim the faithfulness of God. Even in the midst of circumstances. See, Joseph was this guy of just deep faith, of deep belief. I mean, when you look at this, seven seven years of famine and seven years of plenty, and then it'd be two more years until his brothers come to him. It took God 19 years to fulfill the dream that God had given Joseph. And so many times we get frustrated with God if he doesn't fulfill our dreams in six months. If he doesn't fulfill our dreams the next day. Joseph was this guy that just, he had such deep faith that he, he came to this place that whatever I'm walking through, God must mean it for my good, must mean it for my building up. Verse 41, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I've set you over all of, of the land of Egypt. In other words, Joseph had, had unlimited power. He had unlimited territorial power. He had total authority in the territory, in the land. Uh, He had 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 this authority uh, before. And God is promoting him up. It is true. The scripture is true. If you will be faithful in little, God will give you much. In other words, the way that you steward what God has given to you. Verse 42. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him in garments of fine linen, and put a gold chain around his neck. And this, this, is like, this, is like, this is like Pharaoh giving him a blank check with no approvals needed. This is like him giving him a, a MasterCard with no limit. I mean, this is like him giving him all. He not only had territorial authority, he had all financial authority. Uh, Joseph, I mean, it's so interesting that Pharaoh gives him, gives him a new coat, right? Because that's one thing Joseph could not keep up with was a coat, right? He's always, like, always like losing a coat. And all of a sudden, he clothes him in like like a a a coat of royalty, and verse forty three, and he made him ride in a second chariot, and they called out before him, bow the knee. Thus, set him over all the land of Egypt. Now, I mean, he has like he has clout, he has celebrity status. I mean, if he said a word to anyone, everybody would know what he said. I mean, people are, are, are tweeting about him. People are Facebooking about him. People are, are, are reporting about him. Whenever, whenever he walked into a place, everybody knew he was there. Oh, and because he was, he was an Egyptian, I'm sorry, and because he was a Hebrew, and now he's an In- Egyptian, that all of a sudden, here's what's so interesting. They gave him a new name. They gave him an Egyptian name. This is a new season in his life. They gave him an Egyptian name. The Egyptian name simply means this, revealer of secrets. He is the one that speaks from God. Gave him a new name. And can I just tell you this? When you become a Christian, you are given a new name. You are given a new life. So in the moments that I have fallen, I I just want to give you three things. I want to give you three things the way that, that Joseph was able to honor God with his life. I think these are so important for me, and these are so important for us. But the first one is this. Joseph was able to honor God with his profession. Joseph was able to honor God with his profession. He was able to honor God with his career. He was able to honor God with his profession, verse 41. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I've set you over all the land of Egypt. So when Pharaoh offered him the position, when Pharaoh offered him the salary, when Pharaoh offered him the perks, uh, he... Joseph did not say, I cannot accept it. He did not say, I'm not qualified. I'm a Hebrew. I'm too young. I'm only 30. I got a prison record. I got a past, all those other things. Joseph, listen, a lot of times, Joseph was humble. And a lot of times we confuse humility with insecurity insecurity and humility are two different things. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is not thinking uh, that you can't do anything right. You always, that is not humility. That is insecurity. Humility, biblical definition of humility is this. Humility is finding out how God has wired you, how God has gifted you, the spiritual gifts that he has given you. Understand your strengths. And then guess what? Steward those. Guess what? Live, Live in those. And so when you look at Joseph's life, Joseph, when when he was promoted from the pit to the palace, when he was promoted to the second in in command in Egypt, Joseph, he didn't feel guilty with the perks that came with the job. You don't ever read that that Joseph refused to wear the gold chain, and Joseph refused to wear the ring, and Joseph refused to wear the, the robe, and Joseph refused to ride in the expensive chariot. Joseph didn't let it go to his head. He understood it was God who blessed him. It's God who gave it to him. But you never see where he where he refused that uh, and where he refused that. Proverbs 29, 2 says, When the righteous increase, the, the people rejoice, but when the wicked rule, the people groan. And so Joseph knew that you know what? If I don't accept this position, who is going to accept this position? God has wired me for this. God has put me in this place for such a time as this. And if if I don't accept this, who will? And what if it's a wicked person? What if it's a person in the seven years of, of, of plenty that he doesn't store up so that he can get the church or the, get, the, get Egypt through the, the seven years of, of difficulty? In other words, Joseph understood that, you know what? All of these blessings come from the Lord. Listen, if, 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 you have, if you have a position or if you're blessed with prosperity, don't you ever feel guilty about it. You give God thanks for his goodness. You give God thanks for his blessing. And then you look for opportunities and you look for ways that you can steward the, the resources and you can steward the, the influence that God has given you. Because it's, it's God that has placed you in that influence. It is God that has placed you in that place. And maybe he's placed you there to use your influence to further the kingdom. One of the ways that Joseph honored God, he just honored God with his profession. He got it. He understood that everything comes for God. And I steward that the second thing that Joseph honored God with. He honored God with his purity. I mean, when you look at Joseph's life, he honored God with his purity. Verse 46, Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. During the seven plentiful years, the earth produced abundantly. And he gathered up all the food of these seven years, which occurred in the land of Egypt. And he put the food in the cities. He put in every city the food from the fields around it, and Joseph stored up the grain in great abundance like the sand of the sea until, until he ceased to measure it, for it could not be measured. God blessed this man greatly in his administration of Egypt. But there's also, you can see, you can just walk through this text, and you can just see some phrases about how hard he worked. I mean, it said he went out, he, he traveled, he collected, he stored up, he kept records. In other words, Joseph wasn't looking for, he he wasn't a figurehead. He wasn't looking for a leisure job. He wasn't looking for a a leisure position. I mean, Joseph kept at it. Joseph worked hard in the difficult years, and Joseph worked hard in in the years of of what the Scripture would say, of of plentiful time. Joseph was his hands-on administrator, and and there there was nothing, listen, there was nothing superficial about him. People knew that he spent time with God. People knew that God's hand was on him. Joseph was not just a figurehead. He was an administrator. He delegated, but he stayed in touch with people. He had relationships with people. And Joseph, Joseph, Joseph was very prudent. And Joseph, listen, Joseph, listen, I'm telling you, Joseph worked hard. Joseph worked hard. Man, it it is good to pray. And it is good to ask God to lead you. And it is good to thank him for his goodness. But at the same time, guess what? We still need to work hard. Colossians 3.23, one of the first verses I memorized when I became a Christian, says we do our work as if unto the Lord. We're his servants wherever we are. Because it is the Lord is the one who rewards us, not men. Joseph got this. I mean, Joseph honored God with his purity. In fact, it's verse 45. We don't have time to talk about it, but Scripture says that Joseph was married and he stayed faithful to his wife till the end. Joseph lived in a time, and you can check it for yourself. You can go through the Old Testament, and you can find that, that, that just about every character in the Old Testament was either polygamous or they were immoral. Not Joseph. Not Joseph. Married one woman for his life. The third and the last thing is this Joseph honored God with his prosperity. Joseph honored God with his prosperity. Uh, verse 51 Joseph called the, the, the name of the firstborn Manisha. Uh, for he said, God has made me forget all my hardship and all my father's house. The name of the second he called Ephraim. Uh, for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. So here's the crazy thing about Joseph. He, he named his two sons. Names that remind him of the faithfulness of God. Names meant something in the Old Testament. Mames, names carried deep meaning. And so he, every time he would like call his sons, every time he would call their name, he, he would remember some things about God. Uh, One son he named the the meaning of his name was was God has made me forget God has allowed me to forgive The second one was this is God has made me fruitful In other words all through his life when he called his sons when he looked his son It was reminder of what God has done in his life God has made me forget. That's why I'm not bitterness. That's why I don't have bitterness. That's why I'm not cynical. And God is the one that has made me fruitful. In other words, it is God who, who, who promotes. It is God who, who gives pr- uh, prosperity. It is God is the one that gives us the gifts and the talents and the abilities to do what we do. And as a result of that, we honor him. Moses got this. Moses understood this. In Deuteronomy, he, pre- he, he prepared the Israelites before they went into a time of prosperity, look how he prepared them. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 10, he says, And you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the, for the good land he has given you. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and statutes, which I command you today. But beware, lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand has gotten me this well. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get with, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers to this day. When he he gives you gifts and talents and abilities, we remember him, and we steward those gifts, talents, and abilities to further the kingdom. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes?